Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City, live from Austin, Texas. This is John Massengill. I'm in the studio with my friend Jonathan Green. Is this Austin? <laughs> yes, sir. Austin, Texas, baby. <laughs> I can't do it as How well. How are as... you, sir? I'm good. I haven't seen you. I was off last week. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, you were in Georgia. I was in Georgia. Was... Had, you, had you had a beverage? I did not have a beverage. Because your, your syntax wasn't great on your text. <laughs> I was just totally relaxed, man. I was taking the week off. I was yeah, I didn't disengaged. know you knew the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right walk about a, that. Walk a I'm, mile I'm, in my shoes. I'm not very good. <laughs> I was living in your world, buddy. Isn't it great? Hey, uh, we're going to talk some motorsports here, too, because there's lots going on in Formula One, believe it or not, even though we got the week off. we got lots to talk about anyway. And we got a couple of really good little segments, a couple of interviews. We did an interview our, our buddy Chris Medlin did for us with Jessica Hawkins. Yeah. The first and if you don't know who woman, that is. Yeah. The first woman to uh, test a Formula One car. And? Since 2018. And? She's going to be here. Yeah. Racing, racing for the F1 Academy in yeah. those colors, in Aston Martin colors. Yeah. That was a cool story. And, and there's plenty to talk about around that, too. Yeah. Because there's another story that folds right into the that has to do with Andretti. I, well, I was about to say we're Tangled on the web. We weave. We're, we're on the. You know, you say it is a quiet week, but it's quiet weeks like this where I can make this dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> statement, which says we are going to have a woman in Formula One within the next two years. Prediction, mm-hmm. and Andretti are going to be the eleventh team in Formula One. All yeah. my opinion, but. Mark these words. I think, as my dad would say, mark them my words, son. <laughs> the Andretti story is still just opinion and rumor, but <clears throat> it's gotten really, really strong. Now. I think Roden has let it out of the bag. We're going to yeah. talk about that story, but I think that because it was such a cryptic story. Yeah, it was like, why did it get such a headline? It's like Roden are out, but we just want to thank everybody. And by the way, if we had made it, and congratulations to Andretti. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's basically. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll we'll go into it, but yes. And by the way. If you agree with me or disagree wholeheartedly and you want to fly into the studio and beat the heck out of me, 512-643-5483, but be gentle. <laughs> yes, the caller line, 512-643-LIVE if you want to call and join the show. We also have a text line. Ooh. Uh, it's a sponsored text line, the Lowy Law Firm text line, 512-643-5483. Aaron, you didn't hear and, that. And uh, what's that, Casey? Oh, it's the same number. Duh. <laughs> But also, I have no idea how to get those texts, so hopefully Casey will, will get them and feed them to us. It's yes, from the Lowry Law Firm. Yes, the Lowy Law oh, Firm. Oh, Lowy. Lowy Law Firm, yes. Lowy. And message and data rates apply. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> thumbs yeah. up from Casey on that. Uh, yes. So, uh, you know what, Jonathan? I want to start tonight talking about Liam Lawson. Uh, I missed oh, last week. Oh, my favorite subject. Yeah, I know. We, you know, we had Liam on right before his world exploded and got a drive in Formula One. Does that not tell you anything? I mean, we had. I mean, look at you know, yes. you win the five hundred if you're if you're if, if you're if you um, come on Speed City if you, you come on Speed City. But uh, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Carry on. I, I'm just I'm excited because he's still very much in in line for a Formula One seat, even though he didn't get the 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 seat for twenty four. He's absolutely still in there. I, I actually think that he's already proven, and, and sadly I have to muck Mr. Sargent in with this, and I'm not com- comparing them because I know they've been talked about in the same vein, and it may happen, but when you compare the summer of ill repute or <laughs> summer of sadness for Sargent, <laughs> oh, alliteration. Um, God, I'm awake. Um, <laughs> no more coffee. Uh, more coffee. 
Uh, but no, if you look at what Sargent's done in a similar car, and in the, in the, neither car, Williams or AlphaTauri, yeah. is, is particularly competitive. So we're not expecting him to finish in the top six. But the fact that he scored world championship points and they've got no more than, what, five, and he scored one of them, I think it is. I mean, they're, they're the worst team in Formula they 1. Got a little more, but yeah. Paper. Yeah. But my point is he made no, zero mistakes and overtook Max, held off Perez, held off his teammate at Suzuka on two occasions, and even though the team made the wrong call at Suzuka, he still managed a great result. And so, yeah, what, I mean, what were you going to... Well, I, I just wanted to talk about... I mean, look, he stepped midway into the season, yeah. right? And scored points and came in 11th twice. Yep. So he, uh, I mean... He 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 proved it that you can walk in and hit the ground running. He did it. You know, we talked about before that. We talked about can he do it? Look what DeVries did and then didn't do. And I mean, he he also impressed over qualifying and over race distance. So he's he's quick, but he's also got the the mental capacity to do both one lap and race pace. And by the way, uh, there's talk of him. He'll obviously do Qatar this week, uh, this next weekend. But he may well do um, Coda simply because if Ricardo's not ready, if he's not 100 percent ready, I'd be surprised. Um, but it is a week before his Japan. It it, uh, it it clashes. His last round in Super Formula clashes with Mexico. Okay, so the next so, week, yeah, yeah, next week after Coda. So yeah. he could leave from Coda and go straight to Japan and, and prepare himself for his last round. Which, by the way, he's only two points away, and it's his teammate who leaves for the championship. And they've come together already, and it's for the championship. Can you imagine the confidence he is brimming oh, yeah. with going into these? Yeah. What is it? Two races? Uh, well, no, it's, it's one. Super, it's, so it's the final race, the final in Super race. Formula. Okay, for all the marbles. Yep. All uh, the marbles. Also, think about this. So I talked about his race pace, his his uh, qualifying pace, all these different things. Look at the the variation of race tracks. Yeah, he went to. Yep, totally different. It's not like he was a street car specialist or a, he was, you know, a particular style. He went to all these different race tracks and never missed a beat. And by the way, he's the reserve driver for both AlphaTauri and Red Bull. And think about that: uh, completely different cars, completely different mm -hmm. engineers. Um, and in fact, I would tell people, uh, how do you, how do you point people to our SoundCloud as it were? Because the, the entire interview is on our SoundCloud. Uh, and I mean, I think yeah. a lot of people will be genuinely interested in learning more about him. And in that interview, we, we pushed the buttons a bit. We asked him about DeFries. We asked him about Ricardo. We asked him about his own upbringing and what he does in the sim. And we also find out a little bit about what he says about Verstappen, which I found really interesting because I, I, I pointedly said, Hey, how good is he? You're on the headphones. And yeah. so that's worth listening to, if nothing else, because there's no reason for him to hype uh, a guy that he is studying as an understudy and could well become his teammate um, in the not-too-different future. Yeah. You can go to SoundCloud, and if you just search us up, um, Speed City, or you can actually search for – it's got a pretty decent engine. You can actually search for Liam Lawson or whatever you want, yeah. and it'll come up. There's not that many people putting that kind of content on SoundCloud, so – but, you know, I mean, Lawson has done so – just it literally ticked every box, right? But also think about this. 
Red Bull could loan him out next year. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the stories, which is um, could, I don't. He could go to Williams if Sargent doesn't yeah, tick the boxes. Yeah, and at the, at the moment, and you're talking about a quiet week in Formula One. Williams are fighting a rear guard on behalf of Sargent, saying, "Look, we're setting him goals. We 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 still believe yep. in him. He it, the crashes are the crashes, but." To be honest, what you're not not seeing is what we're seeing, which is he's doing a lot of good things. And I agree with that. And his teammate, Alban, is flying. Yeah. Um, very, very good driver. We forget sometimes that Alban was Verstappen's teammate. And let's also not forget, they have not been in like-to-like equipment. Yes. They, Albon had better aerodynamics at, what, the last two races, I think? So it has not been apples to apples as far as the equipment goes. But can, I do like the way James Verstappen. Go on. I was just going to say, I like the way James Vowles has has pretty much, after every race, on our show live, stepped up and said, we are not giving up on Sargent. We're, you know, we're giving him every shot at keeping this seat. And, you know, I think it's a smart move by Williams. I think he is a good driver, very good driver. And, and I mean, his approach with the media is very I, I look at Lawson and he as very similar in many ways, and their approach is cool-headed. Um He's good with the media. That was another side of it. Lawson was thrown into the maelstrom of, of, of you know, the, the, the weird beard of Medland and all the rest of the gang. Um, but they're not, they're not, you know, they don't hold back, um, you know, in those huddles. And they get asked pointed questions live on Sky and, you know, yeah. German TV and you name it. Mick Schumacher's in the, in the hunt as well. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot to do at a Formula One race weekend and, then achieving something in the worst car is, is is pretty impressive. And let's face it, how many drivers have we seen? It took time. Some amazing drivers oh, yeah. over history. Absolutely. You could probably come up with some over a long history, but it, it's not unusual at all to see a driver take some time. I mean, Red Bull wants everybody to be ready by their, you know, like Lawson was. But yeah. that's not the case for everybody. And, and look at, I mean. There's I, too I, many I, variables. Yes. Uh, the, there's too many vowels. <laughs> see, <laughs> Too many vowels, Mr. You see, you Mr. Variable? Yeah. I'll take an E, please, Bob. Um, Bob's not here. But anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I knew he'd catch up with me eventually if I kept yeah, going for yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> that was your fault. You, you left a gap in the state. I know. It was too much of a gap. No, uh, but uh, I do think... <laughs> Oh, now I'm, 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 I'm blighted now. I can't, I can't do another thing. I'll think of my thought in a moment. All right. Well... You know what? Let's go in and take a break. When we come back. <laughs> You're exhausted. Well, I'm looking at the time anyway. It's time to take a break. When we come back, we are going to have the interview with Jessica Hawkins that Chris Medlin did for us. And uh, we'll have more after this. Listen to Speed City. Back up to these messages. Thanks. I think we should also talk about who Jessica Hawkins is and her background because the 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 the, the if you like the um, yeah yeah the, the interview does I, not discuss that I know and I haven't had a chance to talk to Chris because I want to find out how this came to be you know you when you think of a female driver right now Jamie Chadwick's name is like yeah head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean but Hawkins has been with the team for two years yeah yeah and and that's I guess that's it I guess. Aston and, Martin had the well, you know, and and as you know, um, what's her name, um, Jamie uh, Jamie Chadwick has has been on Williams books yes. for quite some time, and right. I think is still an ambassador. In fact, her actual title, Jessica Hawkins, and that's you'll see the driver, in the interview, yeah. is jo- driver ambassador, which is kind of insulting. It means you know you're not you're not considered a driver. You're 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 a representative yeah. of Aston Martin, which I think would be annoying if I were in her position. We've met with her when she when she did W Series, mm-hmm. you know. 
Uh, no. no, you do have a video. Hold on. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, so we were talking offline to the YouTube crowd, uh, but let's just talk about Jessica Hawkins, who she is a little bit first, because, Jonathan, you made a key point off uh, during the break, is that she was already a part of the Aston Martin team. Yes, she was. Because, you know, when everybody thinks of a female open-wheel driver right now, they're thinking, you know, head and shoulders is Jamie Chadwick. But Jessica Hawkins has been a successful race driver for a number of years in lots of different series. Yes, she did. She's done the classic, if you will. She started off in uh, karts and then did British Formula Ford. Uh, and then also the MRF Challenge, which is the India. Uh, it's the Indian series, um, which is a good series um, to get you. You know, that's another one that Mick Schumacher did as well. Back in 1560, she did the Mini Challenge and the Volkswagen Racing Cup. And she's also done the Jaguar I-Pace e-trophy, which is, of course, the... Uh, Sister series, if you will, of uh, Formula E, and it's a world championship. I pace is the uh, it's a Jaguar based yes, one, but make, it's an, one make series, one yeah. make electric car. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it runs congruent with Formula E, or certainly used to. Um, and so another good one. She's also done British touring cars, but her, if you like, claim to fame and how we get to know her or got to know her is when the W Series came here. She was racing. Back then, the W Series obviously was teams. She was racing for one particular team. She's done 19 starts in W Series. Uh, her best finish, only ninth. Uh, and she's. I thought it was ninth in the championship, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Sorry. That's best finish of ninth. Yeah. 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 And um, so she's not really dug up, you know, trees on the way there, but she's been consistent. She's got a lot of single seater. Uh, Thing. The, the thing, the detriment to her, or could be a plus, I don't know, is that she's 28. Now, yeah, I saw that. I, I actually think the detriment is if she were, isn't this weird? If she were a guy, that would be kind of like, well, you're too late. Yeah, yeah. But I actually think that, Interesting. that because she's got the experience behind her at 28, um, and because the uniqueness of having a, a woman uh, in Formula One, uh, Chadwick, remember, won all the W Series and, right. and, yeah. and then went to Formula Damn near all the races. And, and, and because Williams didn't do what, they, what, uh, what they've done with Jessica, um, they didn't give her a seat. They didn't give her a chance to, to, to race for Williams or even Friday practice for Williams, which I thought was a little bit mm -hmm. unfair. But anyway. All right. Well, I'm just excited that, you know, this is a very interesting story that we got a, a woman in an F1 car. It's a 2021 Aston Martin car, but still. And she did the test and Chris Medlin caught up with her right after that. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, your title at Aston Martin is driver ambassador, but that might need changing now. You've lived out a dream for so many people. Just how was it to drive a Formula One car for the first time? Oh, what can I say? Amazing, firstly. Um, everything that I ever dreamt it to be and so much more. Um, the capability of the car just blew me away. Um, equally, I was just as happy with my performance. I mean, it's obviously got you busy. I think you're in Manchester now, I believe. I mean, how's the reaction been to the news? Crazy. Uh, again, <laughs> um, yeah, my phone has been dinging a lot. My phone, I mean, what time is it? It's 
just past midday and my phone's nearly run out of battery lots of messages and phone calls you know congratulating me and everything so yeah um it's been crazy I mean did you expect such a reaction did you expect people to it must have been hard to keep secret because I know you had to sit on it for not only a few days after doing the test but the build-up as well I know the build-up was actually (laughs) quite a long time actually maybe pushing a year or something because the first two times when it was originally supposed to happen we were cursed with poor weather um so yes third time lucky it's finally nice to be able to tell people um I told a very select close few people um but other than that it's nice to be able to shout and scream about it now oh yes well very well deserved and you mentioned like it being a year ago maybe like when did like proper preparation start because Mike Crack said uh in the release announcing it all that your approach to simulator sessions really impressed the team but how long were you working on that how much work had to go in to you being able to jump in the car well I'd, I'd used the simulator um a few times before it was a poss- before I heard that it had, could be a possibility and then when I heard it had been you know it was going to be a possibility then obviously I pushed just that little bit further, you know, pushed harder in the gym, um, pushed harder on the sim. Um, I guess it gives you that last little piece of the puzzle, you know, with something dangling right in front of you. Um, And yeah, the the simulator had gone fantastically. Um, I think I did a really great job on the sim and maybe that was the the nail in the coffin, I guess. Um, And I got the news it was happening. I didn't have a date and then I got a date and then it didn't happen and then that happened again. And then here we are third time it happened and uh it went really really well I'm very very happy um maybe the first two times didn't happen for a reason and I believe that's the same with a lot of my career maybe things didn't happen for a reason but everything that I've done has led to that day um and yeah very happy and proud of of myself which I rarely say I I, I'm very rarely am I a hundred percent proud of my performance I always find pick it with a fine tune whatever that saying is um but um yeah happy with my performance again not 100 percent, but for the most part extremely happy considering all the circumstances well given as you say the circumstances and the build-up as well just how were the nerves beforehand do you know what i actually yes okay i had little periods where i was a bit nervous but i felt so ready that uh, Anytime I ever felt nervous, I thought to myself, what are you nervous for? This is what you do. You're ready for this moment. You've prepared 20 years, you know, it's 20 years I've been in the sport and driving on and off and racing and doing the bits that I do. And that really made, give, gave myself comfort, I guess, in knowing that I was ready, knowing that I'd put absolutely everything I could into it. And I guess that was made the nerves manageable. I think I was just more excited, to be honest. Uh, I mean, yeah, I bet, bet you absolutely buzzing to get in the car. But then obviously you don't know how it's all going to play out. And it sounds like conditions were challenging, to say the least. Just talk us through the day that, that you had on your plate. <laughs> yeah, so uh, turn, uh, when I actually left my hotel, um, because the trouble is on the Academy tyre that we use, it has to be either soaking wet or dry dry um, because there's no intermediate tyre. So we can't kind of go out in damp slash medium wet conditions um which is what let us down previously and when i walked outside of the hotel i looked at the floor and i thought no not again and the the 
the clouds above me were looking really kind of iffy and dark and rainy but it wasn't raining really hard which was also kind of like just do one or the other be dry or wet I don't mind which one I would have preferred it to be dry but so I got to the circuit and it hadn't been raining there and then maybe five minutes before I was supposed to go out there was a big downpour but again not wet enough for wet not dry enough for slick so um then when it dried I went out and did my installation lap I was then getting ready for my first run and again another downpour and it kept raining and raining and raining um but not heavy enough to to be wet um so had a like a three hour wait on our hands um and then went out and it was dry so or it was slightly damp when I went first went out for my first run but then it, it quickly dried up well yeah it's one of the things the team mentioned actually was kind of the fact that you had to deal with a drying track uh, on slick tires but there was something else that uh, was published in the press release was that they said your lap times were were strong too judging by their comments yeah um well as i said i'm rarely am i ever happy with my performance but uh i can i think i did a a good job let's leave it there oh you're not gonna give us any uh any insight that you would have been on pole for the grand prix or something like that i know it's a 2021 (laughs) car but still um, no, no, I, I, I am. Um, no, I don't know. I wouldn't have. <laughs> but well, based I'm on pretty that, sure though, we weren't in qualifying mode anyway. So exactly, yeah, it's a, it is a test, isn't it? And it's uh, there's a lot of things that you had to learn and the team wanted to learn about the way you went about it. But just how encouraging was it? I guess the way you felt you got up to speed and the way you handled those conditions as well, uh, based on the fact that any small mistake um, could have been pretty costly because Budapest doesn't have a huge amount of runoff areas either. It doesn't, but luckily I'd, I'd raced the, the, the circuit in the year before in W Series, so I, the circuit wasn't a complete stranger to me. Also with the laps that I'd done on the sim, so that wasn't an issue. Um, but I, look, I think I did a good job, but that's testament to the team as well. They they helped me with every step along the way, um, ensured that I was ready. Um, as we all know, you know, they don't, you, it's not very often, they don't, you know, put you in the car lightly. And if they don't think you're ready, you don't go in the car. So, um, yeah, they made my job easy. Everybody in the team and the Evolution team was fantastic and made me feel very at ease and very prepared and gave me all the tools that I needed to do to do a great job. Well, the way we've kind of spoken about it so far is, you know, I said you've lived out a dream for so many and we've talked about just your own performance, which on its own is incredible and a really cool thing to have done. But obviously, bigger picture, you're the first woman to test a modern day F1 car in five years. How proud are you to be an inspiration to so many people? And and thankfully, to kind of end that run that it's been five years since someone can say they've done this. Yeah, well, it's just that. It really is just that. And look, if I can inspire the younger generation to go and follow their dream and push for things that they perhaps didn't think was possible, then fantastic and if that leads to more opportunities in the future for more young females um then i'm a massive advocate for it and very very proud to be one of the leading ladies in in driving that that push forward and i wouldn't i really wouldn't have been able to do it without aston martin formula one team because they've just been fantastic and putting giving me the ability to be able to do that yeah, we've seen the uh, very positive reaction to it on social media as well. I think it has inspired a lot of people, which is really, really cool to see. But uh, let's let's keep it or close it about you. What is for you next? Is there hope to get another run in the car? Look, of course, I'm always going to want to go in the car again. I'm uh, now I've had a little taster. I want I, I want more. Um, I'm a racing driver, but look, 
I also want to go racing. Um, I'm looking for opportunities, looking to bring on sponsors. And without sponsors, I don't go racing. So, yes, jump back in the car. Hopefully, you know, I'd like to race an LMP or GC3 next year. I'm open to opportunities. But, yes, um, aside from my racing, um, I'll be heavily involved with Aston Martin's F1 Academy team, which I take great pride in. I'm very excited to be working with our young driver um, and help mentor and help her along her way so um the future is bright well fingers crossed some of those uh sponsorship talks are, are helped by being able to say you're a formula one driver so uh congratulations on the run and thanks so much for joining us here on wheel to wheel to tell us all about it thank you very much and by the way you heard chris say wheel to wheel that's the wheel to wheel show that chris and i do every wednesday go to our website check it out and if you want to watch uh listen to that one actually it's on the radio um two comments that that pop out at me jonathan one is that she said, they don't put you in the car unless they think you're ready. I think that was a very telling thing. It's a 2021 car, so it's not the, the, the latest car where it's a disaster if she wrecks it. But that's a very valuable test tool they put her in and at the Hungaro ring. Very hard track. Yeah. And, and I, I really do think that, you know, as a, as a sportsman, not that I've ever been a racing driver, but as a sportsman, I know what it feels like when you finally realized the 32 people that prepared you, strapped you in, give you the data, are on the, the wall, giving you information, you're going through your run plan. You know, this is this is no mean feat. Yep. This is a worldwide, very big business. Fernando Alonso, one of the greatest drivers mm. in the world, you know, if you're their reserve driver or whatever, if you can get to that point, uh, the confidence that that would build to realize that she is sitting in a seat that 600 people have prepared effectively yeah. and they're trusting her because they know from the simulations that she knows what she's doing. Um, and that goes for any other, you know, that goes for Lawson too. There is that sure realization that they can either scare the pants off you or it's a realization, as she said, that, hey, why am I nervous? I, I've this been waiting for this for 20 years and working towards this. There's no need for nerves. And this is not some sort of publicity stunt. It's uh -uh. just way too much at risk for this to be, all right, we're going to put a female in the car for a headline. It's way, no, no. It's way beyond that because it's just too much at stake. And by the way, God, I wish I had a, an 11-year-old daughter at this point because I'd be pointing her and yeah. saying, this is, you know, hey, you want to be inspired? Yeah. Go for it. Um, she's also a stunt driver. She, she was in um, James Bond's movie, uh, to, uh, The Last That's One. That's right. Yeah, uh, I don't know the name of it, but I saw that she's a stunt driver. Live to die for. Yeah, she's a, stunt, uh, a genuine stunt driver. Well, it's funny. I did send it to my college freshman daughter. Just, there you go. Just because, <laughs> you know, it's whatever you want to call it, breaking barriers or, you know, all that stuff. I know. But, and there's a lot of cliche that's slung around here. But for what has been a male ridiculously dominated, uh, yeah. dominated sport, to finally see that glass ceiling being broken and for the all the right reasons, um, I'm delighted. And like I said, um, it's high time. It should have happened 20 years ago. And I also think the marketing opportunity that, you know, that, that, that springs by, you know, by just merchandising, getting more people, getting the family involved. I mean, you know, it, it you know, doesn't matter. It's Let's just it. great. It's not the first time. I mean, yes, the, the woman factor is in here, right? Somewhere in this equation, just like the American factors in the equation for Logan Sargent, just like the money factors in there with Checo and lots of other drivers, right? There's more to it than just raw talent. 
it, it's a big complex. It's it's an algorithm, Jonathan. Yeah, and why <laughs> why I say why it's not hyperbole what I'm saying here about a woman in Formula One will change the game because I'll tell you why. Uh, Danica Patrick won one race <laughs> in Indy, just the one, and she led the 500, and she you know she had a a decent career, but. I can tell you, having talked to the indie folk, she outsold every one of those IndyCar drivers for merchandising from inspiring young women to get behind her and be, you know, on the wall I mean, at the 500. Lo- everybody lives an underdog. And let's face it, yeah. the, you know, a woman is going to be an underdog right now. All right, well, let's get a quick break in. And when we come back, we'll have more Formula One stories. And we're also later in the show, we have an interview with... Katie Chow, who is with Circuit mm-hmm. of the Americas, talking about the upcoming USGP right around the corner. You're listening to your Sunday night with Speed City. Back after a quick break. Yeah. All right, we're back on the stream, and Kevin Kelly has stirred up a hornet's nest. What's he done? He said, uh, uh, he says, first of all, she did a very cool thing. Yep, thumbs up. And then he says, Write up the contracts. Let her replace Lance Stroll right away. <laughs> and then David David Lawrence says, "Easy there, Kevin." LOL. Uh, you know that's it. It actually crossed my mind. I mean, she's got a long way to go, I'm sure. But Lance Stroll has really been struggling lately. So I mean, let's face it. That that's not the. There's something. There's there's a reason that Kevin Kelly said that, but. Uh, David Lawrence wants our opinion, Jonathan. He says, personal opinion, John and John, on your thoughts. Feel like F1 is way too impatient for women to fully develop and perform. Feels like we've been waiting for a Michelle Mouton to come to F1. Uh, I, yeah, to answer his question, I, I, I agree. Um, I think uh, the W Series did not help. And in fact, to a, to a woman, <laughs> every woman we have interviewed from uh, Sabra to Chadwick, all said, I don't want to be in an all-women's championship. I don't want to be. I want to be a racing driver. Um, and I think that's important. And I still don't think we've got it right yet. The F1 Academy, because it, because it has that F1 appeal and because it's going to be uh, with F1 and also in the F1 team colors, again, going back to that marketing and merchandising and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. I just feel that that's a better approach. And I don't know if you know this, but the, 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 the way it's set up, is that the rough budget for the F1 Academy, which is a Formula 3 or a uh, FR, Formula Regional car, uh, yeah. basically, um, is going to be 150000 brought by the driver or their sponsors and 150000 from Ferrari or Aston Martin mm, okay. or whatever the team is that she is racing for. Um, so they, th- th- that in itself is a, is a deal, if you will, yeah. uh, which shows the investment. Here we go. You know? Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to talk a little Andretti Global. Andretti, the Formula One effort that they're doing and the rebrand that they did of Andretti Global. Can I make one more point before we leave? On Jessica? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Or at least Aston Martin. I think Aston Martin, and this is is something I think is... Fine, put her in the F1 Academy, but do what they did with Lance Stroll. 
which is and? before he got into Formula One, dad, because he's wealthy, paid for him to come to here, Dakota, to go to all the F1 tracks in the same car, a 2021 or a two-year-old yeah, car. Yeah, two-year-old car. And he did lap after lap after lap um, on his way to Formula One. And I think if you are serious and you've made the investment already as Aston Martin, then do that with her. Don't just put her on the spot and put her in the F1 Academy uh, and hope, you know, that she survives. Um, absolutely invest in her and do what you did with Lance and give her some laps. That's what she needs. And that's why Chadwick made the smart move of moving to Indy Lights. At least she's competing now, whereas sat on the sidelines with a set of headphones on, isn't getting, wasn't getting her anyway. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. Yeah, and Chadwick, was interesting. have you watched how she's progressed this She is year? progressing. Well, yep. she started off, first time I looked, she was 19th, I guess, after a couple of races. And she was complaining about the strength that it took to muscle the wheel. Because, you know, they're not yeah, yeah. power steering like power steering, one no. cars. And and now she's up to 10th. Are they yeah. finished? Are they, they're done. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, done. yeah, yeah, of course they're done. Yeah, But so, she's done okay. Yeah, she moved, yeah, 10th in her first year. I mean, And it's, it's a very competitive Indy Light absolutely. series. Absolutely. Very competitive. And, you know, I did have a couple of notes since we're still on Jessica Hawkins' Um, I watched another interview she did where she said she cried before she got in the car and she said that her road to where she is has not been easy. She has not had, she doesn't have money. Her last name is not Stroll. And she said this, just this test, this 25 laps or whatever it was, has made every blood, sweat and tear worth it. That was a quote from her. And I mean, and it's true, just... I mean, something that hadn't happened in five years, it's a big enough deal. So that was a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. But going back to Dave Lawrence, no, they haven't got it right yet. And it may may take some real movement, you know, in Mm -hmm. the next three years with this F1 Academy, which, like I said, Formula One have now put their name and logo on it. So... They've got the money to make it work, whereas the W Series, as we know, or if you don't know and you've been under a rock, failed because it ran out of money. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Andretti. Yes. Um, we've been talking about Andretti getting into Formula One now for, what, two years? Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And um, September 5th, an announcement came that they were officially rebranding as Andretti Global, right? Yep. And from Andretti Autosport. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, is that just a coincidence? Well, I immediately thought it's not a coincidence. And then immediately after that, the rumors started really strong that Andretti had cleared the first hurdle. And to those who haven't followed as closely as we have, is that the first hurdle is that the FIA, not Formula One, but the FIA has to approve any team that wants to move into Formula One. And there were several in the works. And included on that list was Roden, Roden Cars. And that is an Australian company, an Australian billionaire, a tech, tech billionaire. But lives in New Zealand. Ah, but lives in New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. So Roden. What's Built his, a track. What's his name? Like Dusty or? Uh, Dicker. Yeah. David Dicker. David Dicker. That's it. That's he it. actually has his own circuit. Yes. Which Lawson has driven because uh, he's sponsored by Roden Cars, ah. as is Jacob Douglas and a few others. See, uh, this is Louis what, Sharp. This is what Jessica Hawkins or or um, Jamie Chadwick need is a, a, a stroll or a. Yeah, or a, a dicker to yeah. give them their own. Because Stroll had his own track too in his backyard. In his backyard. So, but yes, go. go so I was just saying. So Roden, what happened was Roden was one of the ones that was on the list, and they came out publicly and said, oh, "The FIA has told us that we are not that we didn't make the cut." And congratulations to Andretti, they made the cut. 
So in other words, they, I'll, I they leaked the, it. Yeah. yeah, I can give you the exact quote. Yeah. He said, unfortunately, our bid was not successful. Recent information suggests, as anticipated from the outset of this process, that the only successful applicant will be Andretti Global. <laughs> that is David Dicker, yeah. head of Roden. And so I, I, I did some research By the way, Lawson afternoon. is sponsored by Roden. Too. Is he? Yeah, yeah, I think I remember seeing that. But, um, but I did some research today, and I was trying to look at the timelines. And so as late as third week of August, Andretti was saying, we still haven't heard. We still haven't heard from FIA. We still haven't heard from Formula One. No, we don't know what's happening. We still feel good. We still feel confident. Well, we haven't heard. And then they were quiet. And then on September 5th, they announced the rebranding of the Andretti yeah. Autosport. Which was you know, always on the cards. Probably. Right. It was always in the cards. But, you know, think about it. If you're if you're still with some uncertainty, are you ready to do all the stuff? I mean, mm. it's, just, it's just like the confidence of a driver after – a great win or whatever. They just had a great win and they announced this big Andretti global name. And I think it was probably that week when they had heard from the FIA that they had been accepted. Well, on the one show that you missed this year or two shows that you missed <laughs> yeah. this year, our good friend Dave O'Neill said that they, his Intel tells him that they already have a team of 30 people in England, uh, hand selected working on the project. Interesting. Which me, both me and Bob went, eh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So he said that on the radio. And so. all you people listening, just let your gears turn in your head. Yes, and you exactly. <laughs> and, and I just want to fill in the blanks with Roden. Uh, yeah. Dave Dicker absolutely made his wealth in Australia, but built his own circuit. And Roden cars, very clever concept. He has built effectively a Formula One yeah. car, which you can start with a key. Now I'm being over the top. Yeah. But it is a way to race a Formula One spec or size car. Or close, yeah. Close to, without having six engineers to start the thing. <laughs> so the point is, yes, you can show up and 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 basically understand, you know, what a Formula One car can do um, because he's built his own, but he's Think built it, it in such a way that it, it, it is an arrive and drive situation. Think about it. You could do this because you're not constrained by the rules. No. You could say, all right, instead of a 1.6 liter, I'm going to go with a a three liter yeah. to make the horsepower much easier. And you can go with some sort of hybrid system, yeah. maybe an off the shelf, maybe, you know, something that you could. So in other words, you could make the same horsepower without spending gazillions of dollars. Like and, and his other deal is he bought 80% of uh, Carlin motorsport. Yes. So he's a partner I, yes. with Trevor Carlin. And as you know, Trevor, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And he's involved in all the junior series. So that will eventually lead to, uh, somebody from that Roden setup, from the, the effectively the Carlin Roden setup, will lead to somebody getting a Formula One drive. No mm -hmm. question. And remember what Roden said about who they would have for as a driver? Just yes, female. They, they said they would have, well, they, they even went and, further and said it would be Jamie Chadwick. Yes, yes. So, you know, another tie in, but, you know, uh, and there's a reason. It's the same we just discussed. So that's what, but, but with Roden announcing and then with Andretti announcing their rebrand. You know, I think it's all but about to be announced. We talked about it before the show. It's like, who knows? Maybe they announce it at Coda. All right. Maybe listen, they're waiting. Listen, know, Mr. That Host. wouldn't be unusual. Yeah. Uh, listen, Mr. Host, I'm going to turn it on you. <laughs> Are Andretti going to be successful in this bid? Ah, that is uh, wonderful because I was reading, I think it was autoweek.com or whatever, and I was reading on some of the, the comments, and somebody said, oh, they're going to show up, and great. Andretti's going to show up and be at the back of the grid, you know, circling around. But... And they said, like Haas did. And 
but there's there's a very big distinct difference between Haas and Andretti. You remember when Haas F1 decided to come to Formula One, what did they say? They said, we don't even want sponsors on our car. All we want is the exposure. We want to grow Haas automation mm -hmm. globally. We're a household name here in the United States. There are some European countries. We want to be global. And Formula One is the way to be global. They didn't, it's almost like, of course, they, they want to do well, but Andretti doesn't have that. Andretti has one goal when they go into a race series, and that's to win. And, and, and being serious by getting uh, Cadillac and General Motors behind them, I don't expect them to walk in and be instantly successful, but I don't expect them to be satisfied or, you know, I, I think them, you know, the fire that burns in the belly of, we have seen it oh, in, Michael, in the yeah. whites of their eyes, mm -hmm. as close as you and I are together. Mm -hmm. We've seen it with Michael and with Mario and those guys have that competitive burn oh, it, as much as anybody on the planet in any sport. It, I mean, if, if you, if you really did, to take Michael to task and say, what is the one unfinished business? It yeah. would be the fact that he did do Formula One. He didn't make it um, for lots of reasons. Uh, one of which was Mika Hakkinen, who was very good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and another is he didn't, he didn't sign up and go and live in Europe, which was essential at the time. But I think he and the Andretti clan, the family, I think that has been something that they talk about at Thanksgiving for the last... 30 years, and I think it's not just Michael, it's Mario, it's Marco, it's, it's, it is global. I think this is a legacy that they want to, they want to achieve for Mario's legacy. Um, and I think it's important for Formula One, too. Um, I, I, yeah, I do. I think, it's I think it's great for Formula One. But I, I, and I've been saying this, kind of been banging this drum lately, but that competitive fire that mm -hmm. some people, the greatest athletes can... You know, you can be the the greatest physical specimen, but if you don't have that, I am not going to let you beat me. If you know that that is the one thing that the, every top athlete, every top, you know, team, no, or we whatever, saw it, we saw it every, the Ryder Cup this weekend. I mean, you know, right. golfers every, don't get to play in teams, and you could see the passion. And, and Did and I mention that you guys didn't win? Oh, <laughs> it's funny. I I didn't watch. I, I've never been much on golf, but. I didn't watch. That's uh, golf, right? Ryder Cup is golf? Yeah, Ryder Cup yeah. is golf, yeah. <laughs> I do like my NFL football, but uh, don't tell me the Cowboys score. Okay. Uh, so we three, are, three after the We're first... up against a break already because we want to come back because we had we did, we did sat down with um, somebody from Coda. It's yes, really interesting discussion. You're listening to your Sunday night with Speed City, and we'll be right back. By the way, you were mentioning the other ones. Uh, high tech. Oh yeah, and uh, license, which I think was a an Asian. There, there was a Middle Eastern one. There was Roden. There was High Tech, which are a current Formula Two team, British. Um, and then obviously the Roden uh, backup. The Roden thing would have been, if you remember, Trevor Carlin was on the verge of getting into Formula One himself. Yes, uh, but it, that never came off. But this that Roden bid would have been his chance. To yeah, go, that's what to he needed. He needed one. a billionaire behind him. Wow, and he got <laughs> one. I mean, and he bought the company, and and it may still happen. But um, you know, the, the one thing you haven't mentioned is the is that if you remember two things actually, Haas when they came in were kind of 
maligned for being too close to Ferrari. If you remember, oh like, yeah, oh it's a Ferrari, it's, it's a, a Ferrari, Ferrari Junior. Can they get away with this? Is it in the rule book? Oh yeah, remember they were trying to, yeah. you know, when they came out of the box scoring points, everybody was like, hey, wait, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, hey, yeah, hang, yeah. hang on it's a minute, it's a Ferrari. Yeah, and then the other one was it started at two fifty as an entry fee, and now yeah, we're looking we more like seven hundred. <clears throat> Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Mr. Jay Leno, for bringing us back. Hey, we, let's before we go to the discussion with Coda, there's a couple more comments on uh, on YouTube that I want to talk about. David Lawrence, several here. He says, "Got to admire Auto Week's wording of F1 franchise." That David has has yeah. been a complete change of language. Everybody, including Every, all the team principals in Formula One, and uh, including uh, uh, not Chase Carey, who's the Liberty Media CEO? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Matt Maffei. Uh, Greg Maffei. Greg Maffei. Maffei. Yes. Yeah. He has used that phrase, uh, franchise, and they said, David, that they did that on purpose. This was their goal, was to set this up this way. And, and everything that they've done, including the cost cap and all of this stuff, so um, that was not. It was always part of a master plan. Yeah, it was part of, a, part of a master plan. So um, <laughs> uh, David does say one more thing. He says, correct me if I'm wrong, but it isn't, a isn't there a back door for Andretti Global to get on the grid if the vote goes against them? I, I don't think so. I don't know what he could be thinking of there. Well, I've said all along, it's not the team's decision. It's the FIA and FOM, the Formula the, One like management. The, the, the Mercedes, Red yeah. Bull, all that. Yeah. Toto can whine on. I mean, yeah, by the way, uh, even Haas have said, oh, I don't really want to dilute. The, you know, they, oh, yeah. they, they haven't been uh, like, oh, come on What's in. What's the word? Additive? Yeah. They, they have, they're saying, if a team's not additive, then yeah. why are we bringing them in when we're all making a gazillion dollars right now? And, and there's, a, there's a lot to be said for that. I, I, I yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, and I, don't, I wouldn't blame them. And, you know, I do want what's good for the sport, too. Well, you know, so. I was thinking about this the other day. You you know, I'm beginning to understand now when you look at a team like Sauber or, to a certain extent, the current Williams setup. You may, you know, Williams had their, had their time at the top, but there are teams involved in Formula One now. And because we are getting into a world of franchises, not HRT stroke catering where... You live yeah. and die by the sword, and one, you know, you run, you, you know, Minardi, they run you're, out. They, you're they living on hope that something yeah, will happen. Something to... will happen to turn you around. No, now you are guaranteed a certain amount of money. There's a cost cap, so you're you're not going to be completely Goliathed out of it. Yeah, uh, and so you know. All right. Uh, well, we uh, will continue to follow this story very, very closely. So, and as soon as we hear anything, you will know. Follow us on our social media too. So, all right. Let's, uh, Jonathan. You want to set up this interview with? Uh, Katie Child from yeah, we Circuit are of the Americas? Just over 20 days now until <laughs> good old Amazing. Austin, Texas, that tiny little village of Elroy will be um, descended on by about 400,000 people and some of the greatest oh, music. Oh, no! Oh, mayhem! It could be. <laughs> um, they've already sold out all the parking, but yes, Katie Chow is the uh, VP of marketing and communications. Uh, she's been there a couple of years now. We've got to know her well. Yeah. She does a great job. But basically, we thought it was the right time to sit down with her. We'll be putting out more bits of it. It's on our SoundCloud. You can see the whole thing, uh, the whole interview. But I've taken, you know, the main bits of the Formula One interview um, where she's setting up uh, basically what's going to happen in three weeks' time. 
it's it's such an exciting year I think to see like you said three Grand Prix in the U.S. Um, and we're honored to be right in the middle of them you know on a permanent track that people can come visit 365 days a year um, you know we are prepped and ready to go earlier than we ever have been before for the U.S. Grand Prix coming up and just I think we're at 23 days now which is wild to think about um super exciting and we have so much entertainment incredible on-track racing and um you know for those who live in austin too plenty of things to do on on a daily basis so yeah, happy no to be kidding. chatting yeah i want to get into that but let's let's go straight to formula one because it is an exciting year the championships will probably be decided we've already decided the constructors championship and i think that it won't be long uh in fact probably next week when max verstappen uh wins the Drivers' Championship, but that's never been the, the real reason to come to Coda uh, to see the championship. It's more that it's a festival for Formula One and it's it's grown. And, I, you know, I suppose like a few people, I was worried that Miami and, and Vegas would take the shine off Coda, but it doesn't seem that way. Over 400,000 last year, and it just seems that the Coda, and I think you mentioned one of the reasons, and that's the permanent track vision of Coda, uh, but also the, the entertainment, the bands and the festival feel that, that, that the city of Austin gets, which, you know, we'll see what Vegas does. But there's no question. There's, there's, it's unique, isn't it? It really is. And I think we're so proud of our identity to being such a inclusive race in that we've been told from fans alike. We did so many interviews last year around the 10th anniversary checking in with everyone, you know, getting their feedback, serving our, I'll call them our fan community. And something that we heard very, very often was that we have a, a welcoming Southern hospitality presence to us. And we love to hear that because we want to be an amazing race for your first ever in-person F1 Grand Prix and for the legacy fans that have been watching this sport for years and years and years or passed down from families and generations. And so we love that it, it comes from that neighborly environment of you could be standing next to someone who's rooting for a different driver rooting for a different team um, but you can give each other a fist bump and say have a great race and then go watch a stellar concert together afterwards and have you know just a jolly good time so we're very happy to be uh, accompanied by the you know other tracks but again being permanent and having such a, a purpose-built unique facility where it's challenging for the drivers on track um, but open and you know able to explore for fans and guests I mean we I feel personally very grateful to be you know working here and part of this experience but I want to talk about one of the other jewels that we've always managed to do and I don't know how you do it um, but ever since the get-go we have managed to procure some of the best bands in the world. And I think you've outdone yourself uh, <laughs> this year. Tell us who we've got and tell us what night uh, they're coming. Absolutely. We're very excited about this year. You know, Green Day and Ed Sheeran um, and Interpol last year did a fantastic job, rounded out the weekend. But this year on Friday at the Germania Insurance Super Stage will be the killers. Um, you know, I don't, think I can think of anybody who doesn't scream the lyrics to Mr. Brightside. I mean, we, <laughs> we all know it, right? Yep. Um, that'll be so fun to witness and experience. On Saturday, uh, again, at the Germania Insurance Superstage will be Queen and Adam Lambert. Um, Adam taking on the vocals. Um, it's magical. I've heard a lot of the um, 
new recordings, you know, from the tour. And uh, again, going to be incredible songs. I hope that everyone is working together and doing Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, as a unit. I think that that'll be incredible. And then on Sunday, uh, we've just announced super exciting. We'll have uh, ESPN presents Tiesto, a post-race celebration at the Germania Insurance Amphitheater. So really easy to get to right, you know, right after the racing finishes and we have that podium moment, walk on over and, you know, have a have a day party before you head home. That is such a great lineup. Um, Wow. Um, so you don't have to leave straight after the race and get in traffic. You can sit around and enjoy a, a great band. I can't wait to see Queen. Uh, I've always, I grew up watching Queen and I was one of those stalwarts that said it couldn't be done once he's gone. You, once Freddie's gone, you can't have anybody else. But little did we know, I, you know, when you think about it, Adam Lambert absolutely can fill that role and has the personality <laughs> to do it and is doing it uh, with aplomb. And I can't wait to see the all new look queen really and hear the old tracks as well absolutely and what i think the beauty of it is it really can combine generations from the fans who you know have been following adam lambert from his early american idol days to the fans who've been following queen for ages i think will be so cool to see them get together um you know and celebrate just music and where it all really started i mean queen obviously has that history and um presence in the music and entertainment industry so i mean an honor to have them at the usgp in that coda oh no question well katie we're only a few weeks out but if uh, people have just been under a rock and haven't haven't <laughs> thought about uh, what they're doing in october where can they buy tickets and what's still available and are tickets still available Oh, we're running, running quite, quite low. So definitely encourage, you know, securing them as soon as possible. Um, I would say there is a beauty because we just released some single day tickets. So oh, if good. you're maybe only around, you know, not around for the entire weekend, but there's a specific day that you're extremely interested in, whether it's because of what's going on on track or, you know, the, the amazing concerts that we have going on. Those are, um, there are some available for each day, quite limited parking sold out though. So make sure, you know, you're also getting a shuttle pass if you're doing that um, or, you know, figuring out how you're going to get transportation. But um, Friday, October 20th through Sunday, the 22nd, you know, we are going to have an amazing, um, weekend full with the first ever sprint race in America. So that's on Saturday with your sprint, um, shootout. And, um, that's for those who don't know, that's qualifying for the sprint race. So that means that our Sunday Grand Prix qualifying is now on Friday. So, I mean, you've got a weekend packed of amazing racing alongside those artists that we mentioned. Um, so the circuit.com is probably your easiest place to grab some tickets. Circuit.com. <laughs> I love uh, all the females on our show tonight. Another female in motorsport. <laughs> you don't have to be a driver, guys. She's good. <laughs> Katie, Katie's really smart. She's I'm glad great. that Coda's got her. She's doing a great job. To be honest, she's a real breath of fresh air. Uh, and she's, as you can all hear, the very erudite. we're used to dealing with? No, just, uh, just <laughs> no, in, in terms of that role. No, uh, no, she I'm gets it. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. Uh, next weekend, though, let's look because the times are different. We're not getting up super early for Qatar. I'm going to be doing. 
<laughs> I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be seeing the FR America's Championship wrapped up by either. Oh, that's right. You're not going to be on the Sheehan show. Ryan Sheehan of Austin, Texas, oh, or yeah. Calum Hedge of New Zealand. So mathematically, Ryan still has a shot. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. The, the weird thing is the point system is such that um, effectively with three races per weekend, uh, Ryan could, and this is a good story. Ryan could conceivably um, catch him up and win the championship. At Cota, which will be the final. Oh, wow. So we've got three weeks. Awesome. We've got three. Ra- uh, we've got three races next weekend at VIR in FR and, and F4, and then three at Cota on the on the Trans Am weekend, which is November fourth and fifth. So if you want to see the next stars right, of American time. Motorsport, all right, guys. Come. Thank thanks everybody for tuning in. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and we'll talk to you next Sunday. Happy trails.